Welcome to the Rich Equation Podcast. Rich Equation Podcast. Are you ready to discover how to live rich today and not wait for retirement? If you're tired of struggling and want to live your best life now, you're in the right place. Outdated principles will no longer work in today's environment. It's time for a new approach. Your host, Ashish Nathu, will help you discover methods to live the new American dream. It's time to start living the good life on your own terms and experience a new way to live. Rich. Rich. Now, here's your host, Ashish Nathu. Hey, welcome back to the Rich Equation podcast. I'm really, really excited to be talking about this subject about how to scale your business. Now, before I get into my philosophy here, I want to first start by saying I think we can discuss and argue about all the different types of stages of startups or growth businesses or all the different life cycles of a company. I want to try to really simplify it so that we can have a, a deeper conversation and you know we can argue about this and I may even record another episode about all the different stages, but I want to try to simplify it in three major phases of a business, okay? The first one being the founder phase, the second being the scaling phase, and the third one being either maturity or sustainability phase. So let's kind of put it into those three buckets. And one of the things I really want to talk about today is really the second phase, uh, which is how you go from founder phase to maturity phase and some of the challenges and opportunities and things that you need to focus on in the scaling portion of your growth journey. The Founder phase, we can sort of identify as, you know, perhaps it's just uh, identified as a couple of people. Um, It's the start of your idea. It's the first few hundred thousand or first few million dollars of revenue for your business, depending on what your industry is, that could be a little bit different. Perhaps you're getting a, a proof of concept and a handful of customers that are buying into your idea and you're starting to build out your processes and your your business and uh, starting to see a little bit of traction and momentum. We're going to call that sort of founder phase, uh, beginning phase. The second phase is, is scaling phase. So how do you take that now and 10 exit, 50 exit? And I'm going to break this down for you. So that's really the second phase. Perhaps you go from 10 employees to 50 to 100 employees. Perhaps you take it to million to 10 to 50 million types of revenue. You're starting to build more of a, a nationwide presence. Perhaps you're building an international presence. So you're really trying to go much larger than what you're able to do with a small team or perhaps uh, out of your house or out of your garage in the founder phase. And the maturity phase is sort of past the scaling phase where you're trying to manage resources, you're managing you know, growth, perhaps not at the 20, 30, 50% levels, but you're really trying to manage resources as a business and try to sustain growth and sustain a culture and all of these other things that you've spent so much time trying to build and scale in the first two phases. So th- those are the kind of the three major stages we're going to talk about today. And again, going back, we could discuss and argue all day long about the different stages and different levels. But for the sake of argument, let's not get into that today. So what I really want to spend time on are three or four things that I have learned in my business that I really want you guys to pay attention to. And so one of the things that uh, is number one is team. 
And, and some of this stuff is going to be obvious, but I'm going to try to go deeper so that you get a little bit more of an idea and maybe some action steps on what you should be doing and what you can take away in some of these critical components. So let's first talk about team. So in order for you to go to from founder phase to scaling phase, you have to learn that you can't do everything yourself. So you have to really build a team that is well-rounded, that has complementary skill sets that you don't have, perhaps, and that they are subject matter experts in their specific areas. So for example, a leadership team or a management team with maybe four to seven people that are in different functions of what the business requires. Now, again, that sounds a little obvious, but what that what that really is important for is that number one is you're really trying to build specialty in certain segments of your business. So perhaps you're at one or two million and you have four or five employees in the beginning and you're kind of doing everything. You're running around, you're doing multiple uh, multiple people's jobs. You're not really getting deep into one thing because you're doing so many different types of tasks or different types of uh, objectives. Um, you're spread thin, perhaps. Now you're an executor, otherwise you wouldn't be an entrepreneur. You wouldn't be able to grow your business if you didn't go through that founder phase. But what you start to lack is expertise and focus. So first, we're going to talk about expertise, right? Is that, you know, let's talk about accounting or controllership. If you're not an accountant, you don't know where you're going. So you're not going to spend time, in a, and this is a big trap for entrepreneurs, is they don't spend time on quality financial statements before they get started to tell them where they're going. And often, if you have better financial statements, you can make adjustments in the trajectory of your business much faster and more quick. So we often wait until we hire good quality financial teams because we feel like that's not a resource we want to invest in. So I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that you need to start with accounting. I'm just saying that that's that's a, a common mistake. So like, for example, financial and accounting. How about customer service? How about production? How about quality management? How about projects? How about engineering? How about manufacturing? Depending on whatever business you're talking about, having specialty people focus and optimize that specific component in your business really will improve so many different things. Now, I know what you're thinking. Perhaps you're thinking, well, firstly, it's hard to find those people. It's expensive. I don't have time to recruit. Now, I want you to put all those limiting beliefs behind you. I think it's super important for you to realize that you're not going to be able to get past founder phase into scale phase and 5, 10, 15x your business if you yourself as the entrepreneur are not focusing on the right things. So it's super important for you to focus on how do I get the right people to take things away from me so I can focus on the most important things. I don't know what those things are. We can talk about that later. But really, the most important thing is for you to focus on what grows your business, what grows your culture, what makes your business sticky, your process, et cetera, the alignment of your team. Not, you know, how do we update our financial statements or how do we improve this customer service process? That's why you have those pe- people in, the, in that place. So in order to scale your business from, you know, let's call it a million to 50 million, it's going to be really, really important that you have a strong leadership team. Secondly, alignment. 
you know, it's really important that you invest in that leadership team. It's not like you can just find five or six people and pay the recruiters or, or spend all that time putting them together and just hope that everyone rows in the same direction. It's really important that you invest in that team. And so what do I mean by that? I think it's really important to think about a leadership team like a family. And everybody in the family is really different. They all have their own personality. They all have their own upbringing. Perhaps they have their own experiences that they're bringing to the table. Uh, They have their own life beliefs. And so it's really important to spend a lot of time and energy on harmonizing that team. Now, you can't just do that by saying, this is the vision, this is the mission, let's go. You really have to spend time deconstructing and creating space for people to have deep, meaningful conversations and trust each other. So one of the most foundational things about building a business and taking that you know, climb up that mountain is that you have everyone holding hands together as they're climbing. It's not possible to do it if everyone is sort of going on their own direction or they don't trust each other or they don't believe in each other. So you really have to spend a lot of quality time on making sure that that team stays together, trusts each other and works together. And your responsibility as the leader or the entrepreneur or or really the, the ringleader is to make sure that that constantly keeps happening and that constantly keeps evolving. I think it's often preconceived that, oh, as a CEO or as an entrepreneur, like I don't have to worry about all that stuff and I can just keep moving and everyone will follow me. Well, sorry, buddy, you really have to take ownership and responsibility to constantly keep massaging and working the health and the fitness of that team. Number two is culture. So first one is really leadership team and the team. The second thing that I really want to talk about is culture. Now, what the hell is culture? I think you can get a lot of books and you can hear a lot about culture. But for me, culture is really the unspoken. It's the feeling, the trust, the confidence, the energy that happens either at your office or within your people or every time you meet with people and how your company interacts with the world. And so in order to scale that culture can't just be you. It has to be able to permeate more than just you. So what does that mean? Firstly, you really have to spend time talking about culture all the time. You have to talk about what it means to be here. Why are we here? What is our goal? What is our purpose? What is our, what is our goal and purpose beyond the product or service that we sell? right? So perhaps you sell financial instruments or perhaps you sell a, a product or, or an online course or something like that. Um, your business is not about that. Your business is about something else. Perhaps it's about serving people in a certain way. Perhaps it's about changing the world in a certain way. Perhaps it's about disrupting an industry. So it's really important that everyone constantly understands the why that is beyond what is surface level. Now, I think we as entrepreneurs can get lazy. It's really a big lift to constantly keep talking about this and manage a team at this level, which is why a lot of people get stuck at the entrepreneurial founder phase and phase one, where they're making a really good living and and they can sustain a good lifestyle. If you're interested or you have a desire to take your business and your Uh, the challenges that you experience to the next level, you're really going to have to understand that these, the dedication that you need to invest in your team 
and spend time on your culture is really critical. Another thing about culture is, and that I've found is that culture lives inside and outside the office. So I don't want to sound cliche that, oh, you got to go do, you know, picnics and you got to do all these other extracurricular things with the staff and the team. Um, but what I, what I want to encourage people to do is that think about that there is an experience that exists with your team in the office. And that experience can become enhanced if you do things outside the office that are meaningful. So I'm not saying go through a bunch of different activities. What I'm saying is that if you can try to harmonize everyday life and and the, and the things that people do on an everyday basis with what they do when they come to your office and can make those connections, then I think that you will have a much stickier culture. The second reason why culture is so important to me is that when you're scaling, it's super important to remember that you you don't want to have a lot of turnover. And so your culture is the mechanism that keeps people at the table, at the dinner table. You are going to go through a lot of challenges. You're going to go through a lot of obstacles. You're going to go through a lot of things that don't go right. And often as entrepreneurs, when we're scaling at that level, we don't know what's around the corner. So it's really important to have a healthy culture and a dedicated team because you're going to take punches. You're going to take things that derail you and perhaps get you off track. And so what the culture does is it keeps people together. It, it allows or it forgives mistakes and challenges, the overwork, the grind, the stress, the tension that can happen in a highly scaling business. So those are the first two things. Number one is team and number two is culture. And the third thing sounds a little obvious as well, um, is process. And so again, number one is team, number two is culture, and three is process. So let me talk a little bit about process. I have two philosophies about process. Number one is that process needs to be focused on serving the customer. And number two is that it is, I highly encourage and, and it is, sometimes difficult, but it's, it's very effective to constantly keep looking at your processes and deconstructing them and rebuilding them and not having fear that uh, somebody's going to mess this up or perhaps the customer's going to get distracted or they're not going to like what I did or whatever. It's really important to constantly keep innovating your process. Step number one, let's design a process that focuses on adding customer value. So, if you're going to design a process just to exist in your industry, you're just going to be a mediocre business. You will achieve success at the entrepreneurial or founder phase. Why? Because that's the basic stage to get into the business. But in order to scale, in order to scale fast, in order to get customer acquisition quickly and really disrupt, you're going to have to do something different. So starting to ask the questions to your customers or in, in the framework of your industry about what and why are we doing what we're doing and what are the processes that we can develop internally that allow our not only our business to be more efficient, but for us to serve our customer in a better way. What pain points, here's some questions, right, is what pain points can I release from my customer in the process? Are they spending too much time processing my invoices? Are they having too much time scheduling a call with my salespeople? 
are they having a hard time finding us? Are they having a hard time installing my product? Whatever the issues that may exist within the industry, I think that it's really important for you to slow everything down and perhaps you get a whiteboard or a map and you you create a timeline of, of the life cycle of the way that people interact with your business. Or, or perhaps it's not even just your business, it's the way that people interact with the industry or the other businesses. And where can you innovate the process and create steps in the process that allow your customer to gain more value? And process by definition should be fixed, but have a little bit of bandwidth to adjust. So it's really, and we talk about this all the time in our businesses, what are the top 10 or 15 processes that are non-negotiable? So step one, step two, step three, all the way to 15. These are the touch points to the customer. And these are the internal processes that keep us uh, de-risked and also continue to provide customers an increased amount of value so that we can stay competitive. I do not encourage people to constantly spend time on long, overwritten SOPs. Um, I think that that's an outdated philosophy. Uh, SOPs and standard operating procedures, and there's a lot of really cool tools out there. Um, I think that's a little bit of waste of time. I think businesses change so quickly now. They evolve so quickly. And so it's really important to just have a simple tool. Perhaps it's an Excel spreadsheet or a PowerPoint or a Word document, or, or maybe it's just a, a written document on a map in a, in a conference room of the top 10 or 15 things that you guys are going to commit to as a process to serve your customer. I want everyone to take that and make sure that you guys have a very clear and identified process within your business. And everyone in the organization should know what those value propositions are to your customer, what those touch points are, so that that's what you should be selling to your customer, why you're different. And the second thing is innovation about that process. So I would encourage you probably every two quarters, I think every quarter is probably too frequent, but every two quarters to look back at that process and say, what needs to adjust? I wouldn't adjust the process more than 10 or 15% every you know, one to two quarters because it just becomes too disruptive and it doesn't become sticky. Remember, you are not trying to build a business where only you do everything. You're trying to build a business where 50 to 100 people are moving and shifting what they're trying to accomplish. So it's really important that you are innovating the process and you're, you're trying to figure out what value we can continuously keep adding or, or removing things that are unvaluable to the process. So those are the three major things that I would want to talk about today to help you scale from founder phase to maturity phase. Number one is building a great team, spending time on that team, and creating alignment. Number two is culture, reiterating your why, and creating that stickiness within your culture. And number three is having strong value proposed process and constantly having an innovative uh, mentality about process. I hope that was super valuable. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Rich Equation Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast or find it valuable in any way, you have a duty to share it with someone else who may need to hear this message or can get value from this content. And remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so we can continue to bring massive value to you and go to our website, therichequationpodcast.com to be added to our mailing list for special access and content. Thank you for listening to the Rich Equation Podcast with Ashish Nathu. 
Do you want more ideas on how to live rich? Go to richequationpodcast.com for show notes and resources. Then take one minute to leave Ashish a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you on the next episode.